Thank you, Jim Rice. Thank you for uh, leading uh, us and our children in such an important message. Jesus completes us. Jesus completes us. Without Christ in our lives, without Christ in our hearts, that key part is missing. And we pray today that we would have Christ in us and that we would listen to him. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for completing us, and I pray that today we would listen to you. So give us ears to hear, hearts to receive. Heavenly Father, clear our minds. Lord, I know that it's important for us just to pause, to take a break, and to say, Lord, come and speak to us. So we invite you into this place. We invite you into this gathering. We invite you into the homes of many people who are gathering with us today through the internet, on the telephone. And Lord, we invite you so that we can hear from you today. Speak through me, Lord. Help me to speak clearly so that people can hear and understand the truth of your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank each and every one of you for gathering with us today. We have some people here in the sanctuary, not very many. Most of you are gathering with us today through the internet, online, through Dial-In Church. We welcome you here in Jesus' name. It's not an accident that you're gathered with us today. The Lord gathers us by his Holy Spirit for a purpose, and that purpose is that we would listen to Jesus. If you're here with me today, I invite you to please stand as we read from Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. This is the account of Jesus' transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured or changed in a dramatic way before the disciples. Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 2. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say. For they were terrified, and a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead." This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Peter's words, Peter speaks after he had experienced this great transfiguration of Jesus. He witnessed Jesus' clothes becoming dazzlingly white, uh, whiter than, than, uh, than anyone on earth could possibly bleach them. And there appeared Moses and Elijah. And what does Peter say to Jesus? Rabbi! It is good that we're here. It is good that we're here on this mountaintop. So let's make three tents. One for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
I understand Peter. I get Peter. I get Peter because life on the mountaintop is better than life in the valley. Life on the mountaintop is better than life in the valley. Katie and I, we took a group of teenagers from our church in New York on a short-term mission trip to Vermont. And after an amazing uh, experience of teaching and and leading kids and doing different uh, things that, that were presented for us on this mission trip in Vermont, I decided to take the youth group camping in the Adirondacks. And I wanted to take this group on an, on an inspirational hike. I wanted to hike up to a mountaintop. So the ranger told me about a trailhood, trailhead that we could canoe to and then hike up. I knew the kids would complain about the hike. And sure enough, as we started up the mountain or up the hill, uh, the kids began to complain because this hike took effort. But when we reached the, the, the top, the kids were blown away by, by the view of the pristine Adirondacks. And I have a picture of that for us, actually, of, of that moment up on the mountain or up on a hill. I think we'd consider that a hill here in, in Washington State. And as we sat there and as we saw the beautiful view from that high point, I'd prepared a talk and I'd prepared a time for us to reflect upon what God had done and what God had taught us and how God had worked through us. So we talked about the mission trip and then we talked about the challenges that lay ahead as we would hike down off of the mountain and into the real world once again. We talked about the challenges that lay ahead in our families, our schools, and our lives. That time on the mountain was a mountaintop experience. And the kids didn't want to leave. They didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay there on the mountain. I could sense that it had something to do with the challenges that that lay before them at home, with the new school year starting. And I didn't want to leave that mountaintop either. It was a beautiful experience. So when Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we are here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I I understand what Peter's saying. Peter wants to remain on the mountaintop. I get it. And that's why we cherish those mountaintop experiences. And and we need those mountaintop experiences, those encounters with Jesus. You can go ahead and take the picture off. And we need to hear from God. And we need to hear from the Lord. And I believe that that's why a cloud overshadowed them on the mountain. And a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. We need that mountaintop experience, that mountaintop encounter where we hear the Lord. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John, as leaders of the 12 apostles, needed to hear the voice of heaven. They needed to hear God the Father say, listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Why? 
Because just like us, Peter, James, and John had a difficult time trusting Jesus and trusting the word that came from Jesus' mouth. Peter had a hard time believing and trusting Jesus' word. When Jesus told the disciples back in Mark 8, 31, that he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again, what did Peter do? What did Peter do? Well, Peter didn't like all of this talk of rejection and suffering and dying. Peter didn't want to believe and trust in all that Jesus had to say. So what did Peter do? Peter took Jesus aside. Listen to this. Peter rebuked Jesus. Peter rebuked Jesus for saying such things. Peter didn't like the talk of rejection, of suffering, and dying. So in Mark chapter 8, Peter would not listen to Jesus. Peter would not trust Jesus. You see, Peter believed that he knew better than Jesus. Isn't this like you and me? We keep the parts of God's word that we like and we try to discard or we try to get rid of the parts of God's word that we don't like. I don't believe the Bible because I like everything the Bible says. I believe the Bible because it is the truth. It is the truth. It is God's word. So we're no different than Peter and the rest of the disciples in the same way Peter in Mark 8, took Jesus aside and rebuked him because Peter would not believe Jesus' word. By nature, by nature, we're sinners and and we do not believe or trust in Jesus' word. By nature, we believe that we know better than God. By nature, we're, we're sinful. And this is the fundamental reality that we confess every Sunday in our liturgy when we declare that we are sinners and when we hear of our forgiveness. By nature, we don't believe Jesus. We don't trust Jesus. We believe that we know better than he does. Church, this is what it means to be a sinner. To be a sinner means that we, by nature, do not listen to Jesus. And by nature, we do not trust Jesus. So God knew what Peter, James, and John needed that day. God knew where they had been, and God knew where they were headed. They were headed to Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem, Jesus would suffer and die. So Peter, James, and John, as leaders of the apostles, needed this mountaintop experience, and they needed to hear and see the things that they heard and saw. First, God knew that Peter, James, and John needed to see two high-profile Old Testament saints to confirm the reality of Jesus' ministry. They needed to see these two high-profile guys. In our gospel lesson, we read that Elijah and Moses were talking with Jesus, two heavyweights of the Old Testament. And as Elijah and Moses spoke with Jesus, what did they talk with Jesus about? Wouldn't it be neat to hear that conversation? Well, thankfully, in Luke chapter 9, verse 30, we receive the answer. 
we know what Jesus and Moses and Elijah were talking about. In Luke chapter 9, the 30th verse, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. Now listen to this from Luke 9. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah were talking about what would transpire in Jerusalem. Jesus was going to Jerusalem. He was going to Jerusalem to die upon the cross, to suffer for the sin of humanity, and to rise again. When Jesus spoke of his rejection, his suffering, and his death that would transpire in Jerusalem, Peter wouldn't hear any of it. But on the mountaintop, on the top of the mountain, Peter, James, and John heard the conversation that Jesus had with these two high-profile Old Testament saints confirming Jesus' word, confirming Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the Messiah, the one that the law and the prophets spoke of. They needed to listen to him. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets, and the law and the prophets are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the Lord knew that Peter, James, and John needed to see these two high-profile Old Testament saints to confirm the validity of Jesus' ministry. And second, God knew that Peter, James, and John needed to hear the voice of God the Father. God still knows that we need to hear his voice today. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear his voice. And when God speaks, when God speaks through his word, where does he point us? He points us to Jesus. The entire Bible is summed up in Jesus. When God spoke in the Old Testament and the law and the prophets, he was pointing the Israelites to the coming Savior. He was pointing to Jesus. When God speaks to us today in 2021, when he speaks to us through the gospel, he is still pointing us to Jesus. He is still telling us to listen to Jesus. He's still revealing to us the truth of Jesus. So today, we here at Maple Park Church, we need to be renewed in our belief that when Jesus speaks, we can believe what he says and, and we can completely trust what he says. When Jesus speaks, he's revealing to us that he is he is the way, and He is the truth, and that He is the life, and that eternal life is found only in Him. Meaning is found only in Him. Are you looking for meaning in life? Are you looking for meaning in life? Are you looking for that thing which gives life its true and fundamental meaning and purpose? You won't find life's true and fundamental meaning and purpose in the philosophies and the counterfeit spiritualities of this world. 
And you won't find the meaning of life and what this world tells us is important. Success, accomplishments, money, degrees, possessions. You can only find life's true and fundamental meaning and purpose in Jesus Christ. That's why God says, listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Trust in him. So are you looking for meaning in life? Listen to Jesus. Are you going through a struggle right now? I know that many of you are struggling to talk on the phone or visit in the the church office. Many of you are struggling with circumstances that are beyond your control. Some of you, it feels like the bottom has completely fallen out and you have no idea where you're going to land. Trust in Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Believe his word. He says to you today, I am with you. I'm in control. I hold you in the palm of my hand. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Find life's purpose in Jesus. Find comfort and strength for your struggle in Jesus. And then finally, I pray that our times gathered here at Maple Park Church, uh, gathered today, uh, almost everybody is gathered online, but we're still gathered. And I pray that our times gathered here at Maple Park Church is is like a a weekly mountaintop place for you. In other words, it's a place where you can hear God. You can hear Jesus. A place of worship and a place to hear the word of the Lord. Really, every gathering around the word and a gathering of worship should be like what Peter, James, and John experienced. I'm not talking about the, the, the emotional or, or the dramatic nature of their experience, but, but the word of God, the same word that came from the mountain which sustained Peter, James, and John, is available for us here, here in this place where we gather and worship. What we receive in here, we need it, we need it, because it's the kind of stuff that works. What we receive in here, the word of the Lord and and, and the reception of the sacraments, is the kind of stuff that works, not just in here, but out there. That's exactly what Peter, James, and John needed. God knew that they were headed off of the mountain and to Jerusalem, where there would be rejection and suffering and death. What they received on that mountain is the kind of stuff that works. And what we receive in here is is the stuff that works. The, The word preached. The word sung. The word prayed. What happens in here is what sustains us out there. 
And thanks be to God, his word isn't chained to this pulpit. You get to take his word with you. As a matter of fact, nowadays you can download the entire Bible to your phone. You can take God's word with you. So what happens in here? What we're given in the word of God is the stuff that works. It's the stuff that works out there. Guy Clark, a country music singer. I know that many of you don't enjoy country music, so I'm not going to sing it or play it for you. But Guy Clark is a country singer, and he's a poet. And he wrote a song, Stuff That Works. Stuff that works. Stuff that holds up. The kind of stuff you don't hang on the wall. Stuff that's real. Stuff you feel. The kind of stuff you reach for when you fall. The kind of stuff you reach for when you fall. What happens in here is the stuff that works. The preaching, the praying, the singing, the fellowship. It's the stuff that works. And that's why Peter, James, and John were led up the mountain. The stuff that God gave to them was the stuff that works. The power of the word of God, which the voice of God said, listen to Jesus. The Savior was there on the mountain in glory and splendor and majesty. So listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Maybe you're listening today and you've never read one of the Gospels. You've never read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. I encourage you to get a Bible, to open the Bible, and to read the true account of Jesus' life. Or maybe it's been a long time since you've opened the Bible and read one of the Gospels and read of the life of Jesus. Listen to him. Simply open your Bible, and when you open your Bible, I can promise you two things. I promise you two things. Number one, when you open your Bible and when you read your Bible, you won't understand everything you read. And that's okay. That's okay. You won't understand everything that you read. I opened the Bible yesterday and read from Matthew's Gospel for my own personal devotions. And even though I'm a pastor and I've studied theology, I've studied the original languages, I still didn't understand everything that I read. It's okay. You have a lifetime. You actually have eternity to learn. You have eternity, the life you have on earth, and then eternity to learn. So don't let the fact that some parts of the Bible are hard to understand stop you. So number one, when you open your Bible and you read it, you're not going to understand everything. Peter, James, and John didn't get everything. And then number two, when you open God's Word, God has something to tell you. He has something in there for you for that day. Something to highlight, something to underline. A truth that God has revealed to you. Something to write in the margin of your Bible. Because God's speaking to you. So open your Bible. Read it. You're not going to understand everything. Don't worry about it. Number two, God will speak to you. 
he has something to tell you. And then, as you close your Bible, and as you head off that little mountaintop of reading his word or of worship or whatever it is, or a Bible study, whatever gathering it is, or whatever type of private devotion it is, when you go off that mountaintop, and into the, the workaday world, go trusting in Jesus' word. Go trusting in him alone, because there are challenges, there are struggles that lie ahead, and you can't face them. You can't face them without Jesus. You can't face them without listening to him. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather. We are gathered, Lord Jesus, in many different homes today. But Lord, you are with us wherever we're at. And in the unity of the Holy Spirit, we are bound together. So I ask in the name of Jesus that our hearts would not only be open to listen today during this service, but our hearts would be open to listen every day as we open your word and digest and pray and apply your word to our lives. In you, all things are made complete. So help us, Lord, to turn to you, to turn to your word. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.